You're listening to the Flow Theory Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to the Flow Theory Podcast. A man I am lucky enough to call a very good friend, a man that is an absolute legend in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I pretty much say he could be the mayor of Pence of uh <laughs> he, he could be the governor of Pennsylvania and he could be the mayor of Pittsburgh. But <laughs> my man, Mr. Dwayne Brown of Two Tents Speed and Agility. Dwayne, thanks so much for coming on the show, my man. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. I like the intro. I like the intro. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to have you on, Dwayne. You told me long, long ago that I should get my own podcast. Well, here I am, big dog. <laughs> but but um, anyway, Dwayne, one thing I love to talk to all the athletes that come on, I like to talk to them about the flow state and their moments of flow and being in the zone. Do you have any any moments where you either either as a trainer you feel like you're in the zone and everything's moving in slow motion for you? And I know you were a big hooper back in the day, so talk to me about your moments of flow or being in the zone. <laughs> uh, being in the zone, yeah. I mean, as an athlete, you know, you had games where you <clears throat> you're hitting everything, or you know what I mean, or you're just taking the game over. Um, I mean, I guess in training, I guess you could say I've been in the pro for a long time, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? I just remain consistent and persistent, you know what I mean, to this journey. And I'm still not where I should be quite not yet, even though people think that because I train certain guys like Donald, Miles Sanders, I've had Connor Barwin in, um, Jason Kelsey. You know what I mean? And I got, I just put another group of five guys in the NFL. I got seven more coming next year, probably like six or seven. And it'll keep flowing out. I got, I think I've had since 2010, probably like close to 25, 30 high school Americans. You know what I mean? So just from the area. So, you know, hey. I'm blessed. Absolutely, Dwayne. I mean, uh, few few trainers in the world get to train with a specimen like Aaron Donald, man. I, I tell you what, I got I got the privilege to come up there and uh watch him watch him train that one day. And one thing I, I gotta let everyone know is at the end of the workout, how Aaron Aaron gave me a big hug at the end of the workout. That was that is undoubtedly, I, I've gotten to experience a lot of cool things in my sports life, but uh, getting a hug from a guy like Aaron Donald, uh, I've been such a big fan of. He's a lock to be in the NFL Hall of Fame someday. Uh, it's, it's pretty awesome, man, for a guy that's such a great ambassador for the game of football that Aaron is. Right, right, right. Yeah, he, he's a hard worker, man. He's, um, You know, if they do another... You know, they did the 100 great athletes, and Michael Jordan was one. Right. I think Aaron, if they do top 150, 200, I think he's going to be in the mix somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd say absolutely, man. I mean, you watch you watch his footwork just on your videos and up close in person. I mean, I, I've said for years, it's like his his footwork for a defensive tackle or just uh, – it's, it's unparalleled. I mean, he's got – 
so many different gifts that you could talk about uh, with Aaron. And not only that, I really love watching the videos of him teaching other players. I mean, he he's just got such a great mind for the game. And not only that, he, he genuinely loves to pass along that knowledge. He's, he's truly one of the best ambassadors for the game of football uh, I've gotten to see in my lifetime. So uh, it was definitely a privilege to get to watch him uh, train in person. And, you know, uh, it's just super nice, man. You know, for a, for a, guy that's such a big time athlete like he is one of the greatest football players ever to like give me a hug you know I mean he doesn't know me you know what I mean no one no one has to do that you know what I mean it's uh it's a testament to the kind of person that Aaron Donald is and just uh you know the word humble is really thrown around way too loosely these days but I think it's a very fitting uh word to describe Aaron Donald and uh incredibly hardworking man um Talk to me about your journey, Dwayne, and, and what exactly, you know, what exactly sparked your start in uh, into getting into training, man. Um, I mean, so when I came home from college, you know, I, uh, you know, you know, you go through that phase where you play college basketball, where you, you know, you playing in men's leagues and different things like that. But I was like to myself, I know this just can't be it. So you know, I. I was real disciplined. You know, I used to stay in shape, still do, stay in shape, you know, work out, run hills. So I would go to the uh, the City League games, football hoops, and I looked, there wasn't a lot of structure there. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as, not in the coaching, but a lot of the athletes, they didn't know how to run correctly or know what they were doing. You know what I mean? Especially in the city, because in the city here, and they probably – around in a lot of cities, they don't have the resources that some of the schools in the suburbs do. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. So what I did was I took about three grand of my savings. I bought um, a couple sleds, parachutes, hurdles, um, laterals, zissers, and I set up at a park. And next thing you know, I got six guys, a couple D2 guys. So, you know, generally those guys would come home, lift weights, do some sprints, but nobody was really doing a speed and agility. So I just kept doing it. And then I would, I trained a couple basketball teams. I got to train Dewan Blair, DJ Kennedy, Dre Kane. They're playing overseas. Dewan made it to the NBA uh, basketball team. And then in the wintertime, I would get Carrick High School and Alderdice Gym. And like guys like Quentin Jefferson, that's the first time I met him. You know, he played for Seattle. He's, I think he's at the Bills now. Um, that's when Miles started coming over. Uh, who else was over there? Um, I think Lafayette Pitts came over there a couple of times. He's in the NFL. But around 2009, 2010, that was like my well, 2008 class. That was the first time I got Division One guys because I started around 2005. That was Ed Tinker, Tinker and Jermaine Robinson. And in the 2009 class, I got John So He plays in the NFL. And then I had Will Clark. He played in the NFL right. five years. John's still playing. The 2010 class is when I had Vanessa Gardner. He played in the NFL. I had Aaron Donald, Dayon Nunley, um, Delbert Tyler. Um, Goder was over there. Goder was 2011. That's great. McGee Howard's quarterback. Mm-hmm. But that's what really set me off. 
and then it became a domino effect. And a year, two years after that, that was Trey Hester. He's in the NFL, Jalen Coleman, and it just kept domino effecting. <clears throat> um, the 2016-17 class was a real big class for me because that's where Kenny Robinson, he's at Car- Carolina now, Khalid Hudson, the Redskins, Dang Jackson, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they just got drafted. And then that following year, that's when Paris Ford, you know what I mean? That's the safety for Pitt, the All-American. He he came about. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Kurt Hines, he's the tackle at Notre Dame. Right. And there's a lot of guys. I can't remember them all. Lamont Wade, Jaquan Briskers, DJ Thorpe, they're all at Penn State, so. <laughs> yeah, Jaquan, Jaquan's film. Uh, I got to watch Jaquan Brisker's tape, dude. That guy is an absolute dog. I mean, I, I got to feel like he's going to be a first round pick after he gets another year of experience under his belt. Look out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the type of kid, he'll do real well in the combine. Um, Paris, Paris got them instincts, though. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He, just, he got stuff that you can't, you can't. Like you can't teach, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Paris yeah. Ford's Paris Ford's high school tape. If anyone out there listening to this podcast, you got to watch Paris Ford's high school highlight tape. It is one of the best I have ever seen for a defensive back. He was absolutely incredible, man. I mean, I was like, this dude is going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's he's got it, man. When guys jump out on the tape, on <laughs> when guys jump out of the tape. I mean, Paris Ford is one of those guys. You're like, this dude is going to be incredible. No question. Right. right. Yeah, I, I um, I personally think that, you know, I could be wrong, but I'm going to have a couple Hall of Fame guys, which is crazy, and let alone probably having the best D tackle to ever play the game. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. Because I, I train so many kids, you know what I mean, the numbers I get, so – it's a numbers game, but it's going to be amazing to see 10 years from now. You know what I mean? Like, I might have five, six Hall of Fame type caliber guys, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and the thing is, it's not like I'm a trainer that goes around the country. country. I'm a homegrown guy. You right. know what I mean? And the right. guys come in the street. Yeah. That's what's so crazy about it. I'm homegrown. Yeah, I remember, yep. Dwayne, when I was talking to you about Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. says... I'm the American dream. And I, it's like, Dwayne, you're the American dream. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. I mean, you know, I guess as they say, Don King said it too, only in America. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you know, to come from having the, you know, I'm training out the back of a pickup truck. I was blessed, you know, to be in the indoor where pitch that. That's what helped me out a lot. And then working on getting my own stuff. You know what I mean? You, uh, I mean, it's crazy. You know what I mean? And then what what I've done is I built a culture behind my training. And then once you get certain guys that make it to the pros and make it to college and get a scholarship, that's where it becomes believable. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and, and that's how you build the culture. So, you know, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm blessed just being around certain athletes, helping them out. And then uh, enhancing everything, you know, their God-given abilities. Because that's all I'm basically doing. I'm enhancing a lot of their God-given abilities. That's it. Right. 
Yeah. Dwayne, talk to me about how you like bringing some of the younger guys. Like I know you had, uh, you had Jaquan Brisker training with Aaron Donald uh, one time to kind of just give him a taste of what it's like, you know, to be a real pro, you know, like you, you like doing that to bring some of the younger guys along. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I do it too with the high school kids, with the college guys too. You know what I mean? Like just this, this weekend I had Kenny Robinson, Trey Hester, um, Azeem Vic, um, Terrence Garvin. And Terrence played for the Redskins and the Steelers. But I had them, I had some high school guys training with them just so they can see how it is. You know what I mean? Just like, you know, like you were saying, I think that was on D-line videos. Brisker was with Aaron and Niall Scott, and they were because he got a, he got to be able to pass rush as a safety. They're blissing So they were showing him some moves. You know what I'm saying? Some right. hand techniques. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. It's, it's, you know, it's reach one, teach one type scenario. And that's the thing about, you know, people don't realize the type of guys we have coming out of Western Pennsylvania until you do the history of football. So what I've done is, you know, it was kind of like spread out. But I'm able to get all those guys in one area at, at certain times. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that way, those guys that's coming up in college, they can see how it is to be a pro athlete with the guys that are in the NFL. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yep. And then it makes it believable so they can see, like, look, I'm right there. I can make it. You know what I mean? And then when you got a high school kid that, you know, I got ninth graders get BCS off up here right so but when they they it humbles them they get those offers and it is ninth, 10th grade you know how kids is but it humbles them like wow i gotta get to this level you know what i mean right. I, I gotta get to this level where i ain't made it yet where you got certain guys you know like a kenny robinson look at his situation first team all big 12 had some academic issues then he goes to the xfl and he's the best, you know, DB in the XFL. Then he gets drafted. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah, you know what I mean? Just certain instances like that. But he was able to be around other pro pro ball players, so it helped out with his believability. Like, man, I'm right here, and I'm just as good as these guys. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yep. Talk to me about the time. Um, the time that I got to come up was that summer when uh, – Aaron was sitting out for his contract for the Rams and he he was holding out for the bigger contract. And this was like a really, a really big moment for you as a trainer. You know, when, when Aaron, he he sat out for all of the camp and then he, then he came right in. What was it? Week two, something like that. Right. Yeah. The two years that he won MVP, he, when he sat out, he was with me. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll see if, uh, you know what happens this year if history repeats itself and, it, and you know we don't know what's gonna go with this COVID, but hey, if he does comes in and he does it again, there's something in that something going on with two ten speed agility, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> se- the secret sauce, man. Yeah, yeah, talk, yeah. talk to me about your experiences with PA Swag, Dwayne. I mean, I know about it personally, but I really just want you to tell the audience about the uh, seven-on-seven experience you had going down there and uh, going against uh, Cam Newton had a team down there when you guys well, were down there, right? Well, well, yeah, yeah. Well, so, okay, 
it's two different names. PA Swag, that was started with with IO. So on that, and that was in 2012. Right. So listen to listen to Evolve is a team that that's the seven on seventeen that comes out of two ten. That's the one that played against Cam Newton. So, but listen to this: on that PA Swag team, you had Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller, Robert Foster, Drayvon Henry, Jordan Whitehead, Demetrius Cox, um, Greg Garman, um, Dalen Coleman, Perry Hills. Uh, Reggie Mitchell. I mean, it was listed of guys like five, six of those guys are in the NFL right now. You yeah, know what I mean? that's a, that's a loaded roster, yeah. dude. Loaded, loaded. So the um, 2017 class that went against Cam Newton, that was Kenny Robinson, Paris Ford. Um, we had the twins, Tim and James. Uh, X Ree Louis at West Virginia. Um, Kenny White, he, he's in Juco right now. Um, what else do we have on our team? Uh, Shahid Holt, he's at Toledo, he's a starting safety. Tim Terry, starting linebacker at Buffalo. Um, Anthony Crider, starting linebacker at Toledo. Yeah, that team was kind of loaded too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Talk to me about the footwork of David Montgomery. You told me that outside of outside of Aaron Donald, that <laughs> David Montgomery had the nicest footwork of any player you've ever trained. Yeah, yeah. He um so like even with like him and Miles, like Miles' footwork is tough. But David got some excellent footwork too. But I think Miles, like Miles got that one foot and he gets to the second level. You get what I'm saying? Right. Like, he, like, not to talk, you know what I'm saying? I'm just comparing running back. But Miles, David Montgomery's footwork is nice. He's real explosive, shifty. But um, Miles got that one cut, he gets to that next level, then he's out. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I think Miles, yeah, I think, I think Miles, and he's been with me since, Miles Sanders has been with me since eighth grade. I think Miles is going to be one of them guys I think he's going to be in that class, a running back with a Roger Craig, a Thurman Thomas. Look who I'm naming. Like a, you know what I'm saying? I know they compared him to Shady McCoy, but you get what I'm, you get what I'm saying? Those Absolutely. Type, yeah, like those type of running backs, the Roger Craig, Thurman Thomases, the Marcus Allen. You know what I mean? Shady McCoy's up in there. You know, where those guys are Hall of Fame guys, I think he's going to be a 10,000-yard back. And in today's game, the way he fits the uh, style. I only got to turn David once. But Miles been with me so long. And I told people, like, he came on towards the end of the season. I told people, watch Miles. And then he, he worked so hard, it's just translating over into, in, into the NFL. I'm not going to be surprised he'd be a Pro Bowl back this year. Absolutely. Um, talk to me about some uh, young up-and-comers you got coming through the ranks, Dwayne, like some guys you got in the uh, high school ranks. Uh, right now, Derek Davis, he's a consistent All-American. Uh, he hasn't picked a school yet. I think he's a four-star. Uh, Elliot Donald, he's a four-star. He's about to commit. Right, that's, that's Aaron's uh, nephew, right? That's, yeah, he's a D-tackle. And Kai Johnson, he's a four-star. He's a deep at the end out of West Mifflin, 6'3", <clears throat> about 225. 
Um, Dorian Ford, he's an offensive guard. He tackled out of ball with. Um, Aaron Gunn, he committed to Louisville. He's a four-star guy. Um, and then you got some – I got some guys that's a little bit under the radar, but I think they're going to do like Miguel Jackson. He committed to Liberty. He's a, he's a kid that he reminds me of Aaron a lot. Undersized, quick, first step, got all the moves. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, and then I got Ronnie Gallagher. He's, he's a, he's a dual athlete. Um, he's a, uh, he got basketball offers, uh, you know, division one and then a BCS offers in football, wow. Michigan, Pitt, Holy West Virginia. Cow. Yeah. He's in the ninth grade. That's hey, impressive. Mary. Ninth grade. Yeah. Yeah. He's in ninth grade. He got BCS offers in both sports. Jesus. Hey, Rock, he must hey, be Mary a Rock. beast. Yeah. 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 You could, you could. Uh, YouTubing, he got like a hundred thousand followers already in, on on Instagram. Um, <laughs> it's ninth grade, yeah. Tamir Robinson, he's a out of Bashir, and he's a he's a six six four safety in the ninth grade. He might end up moving down and be a linebacker, but he reminds me a lot of the guy from New England, Hightower. Is that his name? Linebacker? Is it is it Hightower? Yeah, Dante Hightower. Yeah, because he's a big – he's playing safety now. But, like, he only played four games. They had four interceptions in four games of the night break. He wasn't even going to play football. And then now he has Penn State, Pitt, West Virginia, Syracuse, um, Michigan. Yeah, he got – in the ninth grade, he got all those BCS offers. Yep. Wow, jeez. Yeah, yeah he yeah, does. Yeah, He's got he's got ninety thousand followers on his Instagram page. Damn, Ronnie Gallagher. Is, is he going to be a top ten? He'll be a top ten. Pick? I don't. You know, I really don't know if he what he's going to do. If he's going to play basketball or football, he played on LeBron James, the Suns team, and the and the kid Mikey Williams. That's supposed to be like top three. Yeah, everyone loves Player. Mikey yeah. Williams. Yeah, yeah, he played on his team. Or AAU. So, I mean, I couldn't tell you. I mean, he got football offers too. So, you know, I couldn't tell you. And that's just like Tamir. I don't know if Tamir is going to be a defensive end because he's 6'4 right now in the ninth grade going to the 10th. So, if he gets to 6'6, six, six, you see what I'm saying? That's why I say he reminds me a lot of Hightower. Hightower is like 6'5, baby. Yeah. I'll yeah. never forget that hit that Hightower put on Matt Ryan in the Super Bowl, bro. He absolutely destroyed him. Once. Once I saw Hightower coming off the edge clean, I knew it was over, man. Like, I was like, this is it. Like, this is a game-changing moment. Here it comes. Right. And Matt Ryan got blasted. Right. But yeah, though, I got some guys, you know, just some other guys, you know, they haven't got scholarships yet, but they're going to be on the scene. So I basically, you know, I'm, I'm blessed. I got a factory of guys. I created a culture. I got the best guy in the league that voted by his peers. So, I mean, you know, just, you know, he's on his way to the Hall of Fame, and I got several other guys that are about to be on that level. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, I'm, you know, I, 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 hey, I could be a trainer that could go to the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about it. If, if it all works out, having – Several guys from the same area that you train go to the Hall of Fame. Imagine that. Like, has that ever been done before? <laughs> Homegrown? Probably probably not that often, Dwayne. Yeah. Yeah, we ain't talking about me going 
like the guy coming in, we talk about homegrown since they've been little. Yeah, you're certainly yeah. a man of destiny, man, to have this many guys and, you know, to have an athlete like Aaron Donald, who's truly like a one in a billion type athlete, you know, right. to be able to train a guy like that. I mean, this is, this is destiny for you, man. I mean, it's, uh, I, you know me, I'm not that religious, but you know, I, I do believe in destiny and, uh, right, right. you know, very few people can say that, you know, they're living out their destiny, but this is truly yours. And, uh, right. Right. Yeah. I, it, it, it was my, basically when I look back at it, it was just like, it was meant for me to be a trainer and do it. I already know. Yep. Who was the person who initially pushed you to, uh, become a trainer? When was it? Was uh, it anyone? Really? Nah, not really nobody, but my dad set all the discipline growing up. You know I me mean? Having me run the hills. And then I got, I was a gym rat in basketball. So everything is repetition for me. You know what I mean? Mm. I get up in the morning, I work out, and then I start my day. You know what I'm saying? Right. So get up in the morning, eat breakfast, work out, and it's repetition for me. So the repetition in my lifestyle has carried over into the training. And that's what I've t- I try to, when I talk to other trainers, like 210 Speed and Agility is my, my, my company name. And it's really turning into a lifestyle mm. for these kids, for the parents, you know what I mean? Right. Because kids are getting scholarships, guys are going to the pros. It's not just training. It really is turning into a lifestyle here in Western Pennsylvania. And now people are catching on because of Aaron and you know what I mean and the other guys that train around the country about two ten speeds of guilty. Absolutely, yeah. Dwayne. Talk to me about a lot of the college coaches that have hit you up over the years, <laughs> uh, asking you about <laughs> players. Man, that's a that's a fascinating thing that a lot of people would like to hear about <laughs> behind the scenes of college football recruiting, ladies and gents. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I get hit up so many different ways, man. You know what I mean. I try to like, you know, stay out of it, kinda. You know what I mean? And when it comes to recruiting, lead that up to the kids, the parents. You know, my biggest thing is, you know, I try to never, you know, if a kid asks me or parents, I try to tell them, you know, you go where you're going to get on the field and play. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I mean? That's my thing. My thing when I'm training them, I'm helping them get that scholarship, you know, help them get the scholarship. And then even if it's a kid that's a Mac kid, even though he might have some BCSs, but if he's going to be able to play at that Mac school, they're better off going to the Mac school. Mike, a Sky Moore. Look at Sky. He was an All-American this year. Sky's one of my guys from Central Michigan. Mm-hmm. The receiver. The Sky was a quarterback. Sky ended up, he broke his he broke his leg or something his sophomore year. And his senior year, he ended up averaging 400 yards all purpose. 200 yards pass and 200 yards rushing. Jesus. And his receiver. Yeah, his receiver was Dino Thomas, Mike mm. Thomas' son. That went, he's at Maryland right now. Right. Right? And, you know, also I trained Joey Porter Jr.'s son, too. Uh, he's at Penn State. So everybody was coming to see Dino, but Sky might have been the best player in couple ways. And if he didn't get hurt, they probably would have stayed. So he goes to Central Michigan. He ends up getting Howard, right, Central Michigan, and a couple other FBS schools. You can Google him right now. He ends up going to Central Michigan, and he was second-team All-American at Central at wide receiver. 
And he's a guy, like, he's a guy that plays like that running back slash slot position. And he's a matchup prop. Yep. Sky Moore, Central Michigan. He's a freshman All-American. Yep. He's another one of my guys. I'll check him out. Yep. How do you spell Sky, Dwayne? S-K-Y-4. Sky Moore, just like I said. Yep. Sky Moore, Central Michigan. Look at his highlights. He's a beast. Oh, there yeah, he's he is. A, Western, yeah. Western Michigan. Western Michigan. I'm sorry. Western Michigan. My bad. Western Michigan. I'm sorry. Western Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good, yeah he, 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 like, I get, there's so many guys I got, man. And it's like the 219 class. Now you're going to see Joey Porter Jr. players. Day Day Hardy. You know, you know, Hollis is down. William and Mary starts quarterback down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin Shower. MJ Delshire is down for Kentucky. You're going to start to see the next regime of guys come up. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, Dwayne, I want to hear your thoughts on the NCAA and uh, paying players, man. That's something I get to ask all the guys about. I'm a firm believer of uh, paying the players uh, definitely a couple thousand dollars a month just so the players can take care of all their living expenses and such. What are your thoughts on paying the players and – uh, endorsements in the NCAA? I think they should get paid. I mean, think about, look at the University of Miami in the 80s. I think that would be how it is now. They, um, If they didn't, um, uh, if football wasn't winning, think about it. Yeah, absolutely not, dude. The players made that team. Yep. But that those players right. combined with Jimmy Johnson, you know, were right. an incredible combination because, you know, right. Jimmy Johnson told Michael Irvin, uh, you guys make the plays. I'll take care of the rest. <laughs> right. Yeah, Michael Irvin. Yeah, yeah. Michael Irvin's been a wild one from day one, man. I'd talk about one of the wildest football players ever, man. Jeez. Right. Now they need to be paid. They need to be paid. Yeah. Uh, I agree, man. Uh, what are your thoughts on like how how they should be paid? Some guys have the philosophy of maybe setting up a trust towards the end of their NCA career or just pay them directly every month? What do you think? Uh, I mean, they should just make it to the point where if they want the option, you know what I'm saying? Give the kids the option. You know, if they want to trust, I do. they want to get paid while they plan. It's all up to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. My option. I agree, because man. I think the coaches, the coaches are making entirely too much. I think that really they should shrink the coaches' salaries way, way down, and right. use that extra money for the players. And I, I know during COVID, a lot of the coaches are taking pay cuts, and that's great. But you know, you can't tell me that with a lot of these athletic departments that those coaches need to be. You know, you, you could easily live off of like a couple hundred thousand dollars. Nick Saban, God, that guy's got. Hell, what fifty, sixty million dollars at least. So, right, you know, he's going to be a that guy can coach for free for the rest of his life. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, what right, are you right. going to do with it? And to me, Dwayne, I said this to you, and I will say this a million times: nobody has ever brought up the idea of a coach. You know, especially a guy like Harbaugh, Saban. Dabu, that, you know, all these guys, they got 30, 40, 50 million dollars already. You can't tell me that those guys could just say, you know what? 
I don't need any more salary. I'm going to coach for free for the rest of my time here. You know what I mean? Right. right you have right. any idea how beloved that person would be? I mean, it's, it's unthinkable for someone to turn down that kind of money. But to me, when you already got 50 million, you got to ask yourself, you know, how much do you really need? And the fact that you can right. give that money directly back to the university, why not? You know what I mean? Right, right, right. I just, to me, I'm amazed that I haven't seen anyone write an article about that because, I mean, I get it. If you're offered it, take it. it it's the American way, right? But right. I just think that um, you would be hailed as one of the greatest people in NCA history. I mean, you still got to win, right? Like you don't right. win, nothing else matters. But if you right. can win games at a high level and do it for free, man, you talk about a story. That would be a story for the ages that they would they would remember you forever. And I, I'm kind of amazed it hasn't happened yet. And maybe it does in my lifetime. I don't know. But uh, you know, Tony Bennett declining the raise after Virginia winning the national title in basketball was, you know, one of the few people that I've ever seen turn down a raise after, you know, such a big win like that. So, um, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll see it in the future. I'm kind of doubting it, but uh, I'll be very interested to see if that ever happens. Right. Um, let's see. Dwayne, I want to hear about... Um, Talk to me about, you know, your philosophy as a trainer. I know you're big with the resistance bands. Talk to me about that. And you don't, you don't use a lot of heavy weights. You're a firm believer with the, with the resistance bands and, and the parachutes. Those are a couple of your staples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I use, yeah, I use the jump stretch bands, doys, hurdles, cones mainly. I do use the parachutes. You know, I use sleds from here, here and there. But uh, my my thing is training. It, it doesn't matter what position you play, offense, defense, a line linebacker. If you're a basketball player, I'm gonna train you as an athlete to get you more explosive and get you quicker. You know what I mean? And have you, and I'm gonna have you game time ready. That's why you'll see me. You'll see me hashtag GTR. You know what I'm saying? Game time ready. You know what I mean? Right. That's my whole thing, to have you game time ready. And that's what my training, everybody that comes in, they all say my training correlates into game situation with the drills. Because I'll have you do, you know, I do a lot of combo drilling where I'll have the hurdle set up with the cones. And you see, even with some of those drills with Aaron, he's doing footwork, going to his hands, jumping up. You know what I mean? I'm trying to make you a better athlete. So I do a lot of and that's another thing that I've, if you notice, that like with my training, I do a lot of combo drilling where I'm putting more than one, more than one thing, more than one drill in, in a drill. So I might have two different things going on in one drill. You know what I mean? So, because you're never going to run a straight line. Yeah, not at all. Right. And yep. talk, talk to me about how you develop your, you just, the different methods of which you train. I mean, you told me you really would just study study YouTube videos and it would just kind of stick in your brain really quick. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, you know, I'm not one of the things I, I didn't, like I said, I got, I'm certified and all that stuff, but 
I just look at body movement and I look out an athlete moves and come up with a drill with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because once once you, I mean, if 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 if, if they want, if they're moving like that in the game situation, guess what? And if you make them a drill, then you then you're putting out getting that muscle memory, getting them adapted to moving that way in the game. That's all that's to it. Yep. People ask me all the time, how do I train here? I say, man, I, some of the stuff I make up on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I come up with a drill on the fly. That's it. I have a basis of certain stuff, but I come up with a drill on the fly. And let's get it. Let's go. That's all I do. That's funny, man. I mean, is there like a is there like a, a favorite drill in particular that you like or I mean it's just all of it I mean is there any any one in particular uh, that you love nah I mean I just you know like I said I got certain a base of stuff that I use like I use the big rubber bands that way I ain't gotta use the sleds like I tie big jump stretch bands and a knot to have a person resist it so it's like 280 pounds plus the person holding it so that works on your acceleration I mean the different footwork stuff you know, you're doing footwork, you're opening up, you're coming forward, tone drills. And my, my training's not long. It's only 45 minutes, but it's the pace that gets you in shape. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. It's not like we there for two hours running and you know what I mean? Nah, it's the pace that goes. That's what gets you in shape. Wayne, talk to me about Bruce Lee. Uh, you're a huge Bruce Lee <laughs> fan. You're You love I know you were all over that Bruce Lee 30 for 30 doc documentary. Talk to me about, you know, why Bruce Lee has really become one of your heroes. And you'll notice on Dwayne's Instagram on the two tents Instagram page, he's got Chinese characters on the Instagram page. So this man yeah, really yeah. loves Bruce Lee. Well, you know, I'm a real, you know, growing up on Saturday mornings. We there would be Kung Fu Theater on Channel Twenty Two, so you would go run to the TV and watch the martial arts. So you know, of course, Bruce Lee, Enter the Dragon, Big Boss, you know, what I mean, all different movies. So Bruce Lee, you know, with him, the Jeet Kune Do style, if I pronounce it right, it's not like a style that uh, one way. It's a free flowing style. So when I'm looking at the when I'm looking at the martial arts uh, movies like Gordon Lau is a big I'm a big fan of him. He played in a lot of the martial arts movies, um, Wu Tang versus Shaolin. Um, you know the Five Deadly Venoms is a big one of my favorite ones. Born Invincible. So what happens is with the martial arts is discipline. You know what I mean? It's discipline, and it, it, like you go to Karate Kid. They didn't jump. He didn't put him in a fight immediately. What did he do? He had to wax on and had to wax off. And that helped him with his defense. So when I'm training, I got a basis of fundamentals. But when you get to the next level, then I'm creating a drill off that basis. You see what I'm saying? Right. That's how I got into the combo drilling. Like, I'm taking one basic drill and I'm adding another one to it. And then next thing you know, I'm making them another draw off of that. But the martial arts, the way they move, and you see how it's choreographed, like when they're doing their fighting. So that, that type of stuff, it, it it's in my head. But when I'm training, I'm that 
that movement, anything. It could be Michael Jackson. When I watch Michael Jackson dance, you see I have a lot of break dancing on my stuff too. If you notice that. <laughs> if that 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 whole thing is nothing but um it's it, it's training. You know what I'm saying? It ain't nothing but it, it, it's it's the same thing in training the karate, the the dancing, break dancing. I'm a big fan of Basquet. If anybody knows who Basquet is, he was around with Andy Warhol. You know I me, mean? he got one of the most famous paintings that went. But Basquet, when he was sick, he read the book Gray's Anatomy. And in Gray's Anatomy, you could see um, the way the book is, it goes deep into the body. There's different levels. So when I'm when I have training with all those kids, 150, 200, 300 kids, we got the stations going through. People always ask me, how are you able to control the crowd? You're one person. You see what I'm saying? I just look at it as me painting a picture. So I got there, you know, once I go through the running form, I got 200 kids. It's just me out there. I'm painting a picture. So when I'm training, it's like art. It's just like the karate. It's just like the hip hop. You get what I'm saying? Right. Those are all forms of art. So training to me isn't just training. It's an art to me. And that's what people don't understand. Like, they always ask me how you become so successful in this training stuff. I don't look at it as training. I look at it as an art. From that art, I was able to build a culture off of it. You see what I'm saying? Just like when you look at the karate, what do they do? They have Shaolin Wu-Tang school, right? What are they doing? They start the kids out when they're young. You get it? What do I do? I start the kids out when they're young. Right or wrong, Wade? You're right. What do they do? They grow up. They come in, up in. There's different levels to Shaolin, Wu-Tang, all these different dojos. Guess what? There's a culture built behind it. Bruce Lee took that culture and then he brought it back to America, you know what I'm saying, with his movies, and it is spread worldwide. So what I'm doing, I'm taking training. I got Aaron Donald. That's why I told I told Aaron, he's Bruce Lee. I'm Ip Man. You know what I'm saying? Ip Man was Bruce Lee's trainer. <laughs> so with that, people are catching on to the way I train in the two-tenths method, you know what I mean? And now it's starting to expand now with the other guys I got, you know, in the pros now, Miles, Kenny, um, you know what I mean? That's Kama, Trey Hester, all these different guys. Now Parrish Ford, you know, Brisker. Once, what, with Kenny, Miles, Parrish, Brisker, Lamar, all these different guys, Aaron, that will end up probably end up going to the league. Um, they're going to take it to another level because just like how I was just saying, they already have an audience. They got followers. You know what I'm saying? So just like I'm able to control the crowd training, they they already have have it going on already. You see Paris Ford, he's known. You know what I mean? He's, he's an All-American. Yeah, he's you know an incredible mean? player, man. Yeah, right, right, right. So with that being said, one of the key things with my training, what I learned how to do is I learned how I learned how to ask a, a control in the crowd. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can walk into the I can walk into a building with two, three hundred people, and I know how to train them. If you notice, look how I train. Everybody's in sequence. You notice that? Sure. So it's not, you know, how you see some guys when they're training, they're training one guy and they're doing one drill. But if you notice with my stuff, what I do, I got 
six people doing the same thing. So that's where that if you look at that's how that whole art of the martial arts comes in. When you see martial arts, what do they do? They got fifty people doing the same thing, right or wrong. You're right, man. Right? Yeah. So that's how I'm looking at. It. That's why I said, what with me training, it's not just training. It's art for me. Nobody, you probably never heard that before. Have you? <laughs> yeah, I, I think you've told me that on the phone yeah, a couple yeah, of times, man. But yeah, it's good right, yeah. for the podcast yeah. audience to know right. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, art. So. Talk to me about uh, some of your favorite athletes growing up, Dwayne. I want to hear about some of your athletic heroes growing up. Oh, um, Isaiah Thomas. Even though I like Isaiah, I like the Michael Jordan. You know what I'm saying, Isaiah, because Isaiah was a small guy, tough. You know what I'm saying. He, you know, he was a tough guy playing for the Pistons. Um, football wise, uh, what I like football wise, baseball wise, I, I was a Willie Stargell fan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I liked it. Um, I liked it. Uh, what's his name? Played for the Oakland A's. He just steal all the bases. Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson, guy, that guy yeah. could fly. Yeah, I like the Ricky Henderson. Um, I like Dave Stewart. Remember, he was the pitcher for the A's. Remember him, Stewart? Yeah. I'm not a big baseball guy, Dwayne. You're getting outside my area of expertise, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, was a big, I was a Stewart fan. Um, what's my man's name that played for the Cardinals? Played shortstop. Um, Ozzy Smith. Ozzy Ginn. Ozzy Ginn. Ozzy Smith. Ozzy Smith. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he was a Cardinal shortstop. Um, Kirby Puckett. Um, who the fuck did I like? Um, football wise, growing up, uh, Tony Dorsett. You know, when you're from Pittsburgh, and especially in that era, Tony Dorsett was just the man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody loved Tony Dorsett. Heisman Trophy Dan, winner, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Marino's another guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah. Dan, Dan's one of my all time favorite QBs, bro. Right. 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 I'm trying to think who else I used to like. What about Warren Moon, baby? Warren Moon. Oh, yeah. Warren Moon. Yeah, yeah. I like the Warren Moon. Um, I like the Dexter Manley, man. I was a big Dexter Manley fan. See on the Redskins? You know I mean? Redskins? Yeah, yep, yep. I was a big Dexter Manley fan. Uh, Lawrence Taylor, you know what I mean? Deion Sanders, all those guys. So, you know, when you see greatness, you can't help but just be like, wow. You know what I mean? Sure. You just can't help it. So. Talk to me about the Last Dance documentary, Dwayne and uh, Michael Jordan. I'll be here curious to hear your thoughts on that, man. I absolutely love the Last Dance because I'm a huge Michael Jordan guy, as everyone else is. So I want to want to hear your thoughts, man. I mean, what can you say? It, it's nothing but greatness. He pushed his guys to the limit. He made people level up, and that's what greatness does. So he can win championships. He made you level up. You know what I mean? He didn't rest on his laurels. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and that's that's the sign of greatness. When you when you as a player are able to elevate everybody else around you and push them, that's that's greatness right there. I agree, Coin. You know I, mean? I yeah, agree. That's greatness. You got to level up. You know what I mean. You got to come up to this level. Yeah. So, and that's the one thing that I, what I'm glad that I do have a guy like AD because. Guess what? I can always be like, you ain't on this level yet as a player. You know what I'm saying? Sure. <laughs> and how can you tell me anything when I'm, you know what I mean? I've trained a guy like that. So 
You know what I mean? Because I do get some guys, they don't want to push. They be like, man, this ain't no joke. Well, hey, guess what? This ain't for you. Sometimes you got to see another trainer. Right or wrong. You're right, right man. Hey. Right or wrong. It yeah. separates right. separates the great ones from the okay ones, man. Right, right. Because, you know, people, my, my, my train is not, you know what I mean? You know, you got some guys, they look good, going to drills on, what you call it? Nah, people come in and they really be running from the training because our, cause we go on running for them, explosion, linear, ladder, core, everything all in one. You know what I mean? And people be like, man, I ain't know it was like this. And then they see why a dude like AD is what he is. You know what I mean? I mean, even Miles told me himself. He said, man, you know, I've been to a couple different trainers, but for some reason, your stuff is still the hardest. Yep. It's funny, I ain't trying man. to make it hard. Right. Yeah, I ain't trying to make it hard. I'm just, this is what I do. So, But, yep. you know, that's uh, ultimately, you know, the toughness of all of it's what's going to prepare guys for the games, you know, right. like you said. And once right. you once you go through the tough training, the game is going to be like nothing, you know? Right. 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 It's, it's always fascinating to me, the different stories that a lot of these athletes have, you know, so many, so many elite athletes, you know, they have some sort of a, you know, a real tough struggle, you know, they're, they're, you know, a lot of great athletes like they, you know, maybe they, lost a parent at a really early age. Like it's, it's a fascinating thing about athletes. They, a lot of them have like some really tough uh, mental struggles that they have to deal with at some point. Like I was watching dude, the E60 on Deandre new Hopkins. Oh my God, dude, his mom, there was, there was someone, someone poured like hydrochloric acid on new Hopkins's mom's face, wow. man. Yeah. Wow. Burned her face up so bad, man. And for, and for Nuke to sit there and say that, you know, like, it's really sad what happened to you, mom. But after, after that happened, Nuke knew that like it, it, it kicked him in the ass and he's like, I gotta, I gotta make it, you know, like there's no option. Right. And I mean, God, he's got a lot of just incredible God-given ability, you know. But right, right, right. for him to to say that that really sparked him and, and motivated him, I mean, it's it's an incredible story, man. You got to watch that that E60 right. on New Hopkins and his mom, man. That that kind of made me tear up a little bit, man. Right, right, right. Is he? He gives her the the football every time he scores a touchdown. If you ever seen that, you know, after Nuke scores, he goes up to his mom in the stands, and that's why that's why she can't see. Because I, I, I forget, I forget why exactly someone did that, but they they went to jail, and man, it was God, that's crazy. What a sad story, man. But Nuke is. Certainly one of my all-time favorite receivers to watch. That guy, you throw it in the same zip code as that guy, he's coming down with that rock. And there's there's no right. ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's coming down with it. Why do you think – what was the deal? Why did he get traded, man? Uh, Bill, Bill O'Brien, weird guy, man. I, I heard that Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien had some issues – there was there was some girl that that Nuke was with, and she was hanging around the facility, and and I think that 
he was, I, I don't know, he was somehow making fun of it or something. But anyways, he and O'Brien had some beef, man. But to me, like, as a coach, man, you got to understand, like, you got to let some stuff go, man. You know that Nuke, he's the best receiver in the league. Uh, you know, I mean, you can at least make the argument. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys up there. But to me, like, you're really going to chase off. Not only not only are you, are you letting Nuke leave, but – the chemistry of Deshaun Watson and New Hopkins, like their chemistry together was absolutely incredible. Like, why would you ever do anything to alienate that? You know, like, I don't know, man. Uh, Bill O'Brien, he's got a huge, huge ego, man. Like his ego is huge. I've seen him yelling at people. I've seen his temper. I do not like that guy, dude, that guy. And, and it's so weird to me how, you know, the Texans would let a head coach become a GM, you know? Right. They don't have a GM right now. That's so, that is so weird. How are you going to let a coach run the team like that when O'Brien, he hasn't even done anything. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to let Belichick become the GM, okay, I get it. But like, it, it it's crazy to me how the Texans let O'Brien just run everything. It's uh, it's really odd, dude. That's one of the puzzling things in the NFL today. I, I don't I don't know why, but there's something behind the scenes with the Texans that uh, we're not that the public is not being told. Right. So, talk to me, Dwayne, about um, talk to me about what you think really separates the hall of fame players from the very good ones. Oh, uh, the work ethic. It's the work ethic, that drive that you got to get up. You got to put the work in, you know what I mean? Every day. Cause there's a lot of dudes that have the talent. They're in the NFL cause they're that talented, but it's the work you put in when you end the league. That's what makes you last. You see what I'm saying? It's the work you put in. There's a whole bunch of guys they can, they get to the NFL and they might have long careers, but the great ones, they end the film room. They study in film. Off season, they're training. It's an obsession. It's almost to the brink of insanity. Yes. Look at Jerry Rice. Yeah. Walter Payton. Jerry Rice ran Walter the hills. Right. Ran the right. Hills. Walter Payton. Dion. I mean, you know what I'm saying? People. He don't really that show, but you, now as he's getting older, you know what I mean? He talks about it. Those dudes that are great that get that in a, with that green jacket, tan jacket, whatever they get. Uh, Yeah, it's it, kind of like a tan, kind of like yeah. a tan color. Those dudes that get that jacket, they're upset with the sport, with the mere fact of being great. It's an obsession. Absolutely. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to stop working out. I see it. You know, there's times Aaron, he don't, <laughs> he, he don't take off for two weeks. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's something, it's, 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 just, it's, it's either you got it or you don't. You know what I mean? Right. No you one's going to do it. it. No one's yeah. going to do it for you. Right. Yeah. Cause I'm pretty sure there's many guys that probably could have went to the Hall of Fame. They had long careers. But did they really put in the work they should have put in? You know what I'm saying? Right. So, yep. It's an obsession. Yeah. It is. Look at T.O. T.O., he's in the Hall of Fame. He's still trying to run. 
Yeah, I saw he uh, he he had a really close foot race recently with Tyreek Hill. Yep, that's that, that that's pretty damn incredible, man. Because Tyreek Hill can fucking fly, Jesus. That's what I'm saying. It's an obsession. It is. You have to be obsessed with this stuff. Sure, you really do. It's yep. all it's all about uh, devotion of time, energy, and effort. You know, like right. Nick Saban. There's a reason he's so good because he devotes 18 hours every fucking day. He's a, right. he's an absolute. You know, he's obsessed. Right? Yeah, it really is. It's an obsession. It is. And you know, I mean, you know, you never really see Nick Saban spending any time with his wife in like the Greek islands in the off season, right? <laughs> <laughs> That guy locks himself in a room and he's studying tape, man, figuring out right. ways to get better. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't like the guy, but I will forever respect his greatness and his devotion right. to the game. I mean, you know, uh, he, he talks about humble, humble beginnings. I mean, I don't know, Nick, he making 10 million a year and you know, he's got the boosters paying off his house. I, I don't call that too humble, but I mean, he's earned it. He's earned every, every little penny that's come his way. But like I said, with players not getting paid in college football, like the optics of it are looking worse and worse. And, uh, you know, eventually his players are, are going to need to be getting paid, man. Cause it's like, uh, one of my players that came on the podcast talked about, you know, Reggie Bush, heaven forbid Reggie Bush have some sort of catastrophic injury. He wouldn't have been worth nearly as much for the NFL, you know? So the NCAA not only needs to pay these guys, but they also, especially for the top guys, guys, they're top graded that they need to set up, help them set up insurance policies in case, uh, you know, things don't work out like the DB from Oregon a couple years ago, Ikpe Olamu. I, I've, his name's kind of hard to pronounce, but anyways, he, he tore his ACL and you know, he's out of football. Now, if he hadn't torn his ACL, he would have been a first round pick. And I think he slid, man, he slid really far down the draft boards, but the NCAA definitely needs to pick up the slack on that for sure. Bring guys in and, uh, make sure they set up some of these top guys with uh, insurance policies. Right. Talk to me about Amani Bates, Dwayne. You got to watch Amani Bates and uh, what a baller he is, man. Yeah. I mean, he's different. I mean, <laughs> he's nice. I mean, he probably the next thing coming since LeBron. That's what it looks like, you know? Yeah. The way like that, the way that he takes it strong to the rack, bro. He's like KD with a with a more ferocious, more powerful, like send it in at the rim kind of guy. He looks way more aggressive when he takes it to the ten, man. It's crazy with basketball. Like I get, you know, like they <laughs> basketball, you get put on a platform so early. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy, you know. Yeah, you're right, man. Yeah, football, they find you. But, you know, football, you got to go through college. By the time you get to college, you're 22. And then when you get to that second contract, you're 27, 28. Your career is almost over. You think these dudes in the NBA, they come in the league at 19. By the time they're 21, 22, they're at their second contract. And that's why they're able to get three, four different contracts and play 
you know what I mean? Yeah. A long time. It's crazy. Basketball and baseball, man. It's just crazy. And soccer. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be the Wild West with uh, guys getting endorsements, man. That's I, get, I guarantee right. you're going to be having tons and tons of guys hitting you up, being like, Dwayne, keep, keep me in mind in the future, man, because I know you've right. got a lot of guys. And, I mean, some right. of these guys are going to get hit up in middle school, high school. The right. NCAA really needs to regulate on the fact that they need to clamp down and be like, you cannot contact this player before this date because, I mean, it's already like the Wild West, man. And and with endorsements, I mean, the agent selection process is crazy as hell, man. So you mean to tell me that a high school kid not only has to worry about all these coaches calling them, gonna have to worry about agents like it is gonna be bananas bro like it's gonna be not like they're gonna need to have to hire some sort of a you know pr firm to handle all their calls you know what i mean right and people might laugh man but that's the reality of it man some of these guys get like 40 40 plus scholarship offers you got 40 coaches calling you a week 40 agents 40 reporters looking for interviews. I mean, it's, it is going to be absolutely insane, man. I I feel for, you know, guy like Amani Bates, like I think his dad kind of participates in his recruitment a little bit, but I think my, my theory on Amani Bates is this. I think he will probably jump straight to the NBA because I think the rule, the rule is coming down pretty soon. Isn't it that you can jump to the NBA? Yeah, I, I, I got. He ain't, ain't no sense for him to go to. Even if he went overseas for a year and played and went to the NBA, he might as well do that. Yeah, or go I to mean, the G League like would, the other dude this year, Jalen. With the, the one dude went to the G League, Jalen Johnson. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he went. He was number one player this past year. He went, a couple of them went to the G League. I mean, them dudes don't listen. They're that good. They're going to get drafted anyway. So it's almost like what's the what's the you know what what what's the purpose? Yeah, because they'll they'll destroy the G League. Absolutely, right, the right. G League's good though. the The NFL does need some sort of a, um, you know, the NFL needs some sort of support league. The owners, the owners do not seem to care about having a, you know, some sort of a, you know, like a like a minor league. You know, and I mean, obviously, right, I you got it. college. But they, they need something else, man, because there's so many great players, you know, especially during COVID. I think that the, the head guy, the CFL, said uh, they were going to go bankrupt if they didn't if they didn't get some help. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Dwayne, that's that's really uh, all I got time for, my man. Really appreciate you coming on. Tell everyone uh, where they can find you on Instagram if they if they want to track you down. All right, no problem. Oh, two at two one zero ths Instagram and t- Twitter at two one zero ths Instagram and Twitter and my uh, YouTube page is two ten speed and agility. So you can just type it in two ten two t n t h s speed and agility. Yeah, Dwayne Brown, ladies and gentlemen, truly one of, one of the smartest people I've ever come across. <laughs> The man, the myth, the legend. Thanks a lot for coming on, Dwayne. All right, no problem. Appreciate it, Wade. Take care.
listening to the Flow Theory Podcast. You can listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and tune in.